Seahawks fans wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans, welcome back to another episode of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Ofsted, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers. We're into the off-season now, away from the 2022 regular season wildcard game. Didn't go the way we wanted. Um, we've had a couple of shows since then. Uh, last uh, show, we started on the offense as far as the roster evaluations. Uh, we want to kind of set up the off-season the way we do that. We're taking a look at, at our, our own roster who's going to be back, how we feel about each, each position group as we go forward. Um, today we're doing the defense. That kind of helps us establish our needs uh, heading into the offseason. And um, after after this series is done next week, we'll come back and we'll start on the salary cap, find out where we're at um, with contracts, and that'll establish how much money we've got to spend in free agency as we approach free agency. Uh, senior Bowl practices start at the end of the month. Uh, where we start evaluating players and talking about guys we're seeing there, uh, and we lead up all the way to the draft. Uh, but it starts with this conversation now in really assessing our own roster. And uh, today's the defense. So welcome in, man. Yeah, it's um, uh, it's 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 odd that we're we're just we're in the. It feels like we were just talking games, and now we're already three shows deep into the offseason program. So. Um, but hey, that's what happens. You get eliminated wild card weekend. You move it on. It happens quick. You know, it's funny because the, the uh, conversation out of the locker room, uh, was, uh, Pete Carroll saying, you know, that some of the young players are kind of shocked. They're shocked that they're, uh, they're no longer playing. They don't have another game to prepare for. It's over. It's funny how quickly that happens. Um, and in fact, it happened just in a half of football, 30, not even 30 minutes. Oh, well, 30 minutes of football, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seahawks were up at halftime and then dropped, you know, 25 straight points to the 49ers. It's over. So here we are. We're evaluating our roster. Things went better uh, than we thought they would be if we were talking on September 1st. But now it's January. Um, Where did we think that the defense uh, was expected to be? Where did it end up being? What do we need to do? And what should we expect in order for us to get um, to get better? I'm not necessarily saying that we need to get to the 49er level in 2023, but we need to bridge that gap. And yeah. uh, it starts we need to by close the gap. Yeah, figuring out where we were, what we need to do uh, to solve our, our problems now. Who's on the roster? Who's under contract? Who's not coming back? Are some of the players that are under contract in 2023? Do we figure out a way to move on from those contracts? um to help us with the salary cap let's let's have a conversation yeah so where do you want to start do you want to start up front or do you want to start on the back end it always seems to make sense to start up front it seems like that's uh, an area where seattle really needs to improve so it, it'll this will be an interesting conversation i thought the offense went pretty much as planned we talked about it um there were no surprises maybe there's some surprises on this maybe you feel like certain players played played really well and i'm I'm not feeling that way. And you think that we're going to go into the season um, with, with some of what we, what we have. And I'm thinking, man, we just need to blow it up. So let's, let's start right up. Front. Yeah. I don't think they're going to blow it up, but they're going to need to make significant changes on defense because this defense was bad. Um, it was just bad. And uh, it, the, the problems on defense start right up front. Um, you know, the, got interesting, few- the interesting thing is that, we have good, some good individual players that you could carry forward and, and maybe on another defense with really good players around them. Those players become plug and play guys that, that, that play well. Um, but when you have an entire unit that is poor, it really drags down the play of even those individual players. And it makes, mm-hmm. it, makes it harder to evaluate. At least it does for me. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, you've got, um, but yeah, you've you've got guys that uh, just 
didn't perform the way we expected. And uh, it just makes it harder to look at and go, okay, well, you know, um, are they someone that we keep or, or, but then you look at individual performances and you're like, oh, maybe they, they, we do keep them, but we need to replace this other guy and, and, and upgrade there. And it, it makes for a weirder, a weirder defense. And then you um, add the, the scheme situation in there, new scheme, new coaching staff, mm-hmm. um, Sean Desai, uh, our, our, you know, assistant head coach, defensive coordinator, whatever you want to call him, back end guy, defensive backs coach, um, is interviewing for, um, defensive coordinator positions. In fact, uh, with the Cleveland Browns here this week. Um, so we might even have the same co- uh, coaching continuity back, but what, what portion of this is scheme and what portion of it is, is players to me, that's, that's a real big question. Um, I think it's both there, there, there's a talent deficit, um, up front and we'll, we'll talk about that, but, um, also this, the scheme, I mean, they're in the middle of this massive shift in philosophy defensively, um, going from a four, three to a three, four and just getting the players that's necessary in place in order to run that other defense, um, needs to happen. And it didn't really happen. And it, that again starts up front because you look at guys that uh, are playing different roles now than they were in the old system. Uh, whether that be guys like Jamal Adams, who went from defensive end to outside linebacker. Oh, sorry, Jamal Adams. Um, Daryl Taylor. Um, sorry, am I looking at my notes here? Um, or you, you know, guys like Puna Ford, who was a nose tackle in the old system and is a defensive end in this system. So let's talk um, about Puna Ford. I mean, just to start, you're you've always been a big Puna Ford fan. I've been kind yeah. of yeah, okay, he's he's okay, but he's not Pro Bowl level. But do we need that from that player in this system in this structure? It seems like Puna Ford struggled a little bit holding up on the on the on the he edge. Definitely didn't he? Definitely didn't make the impact as a um, three four defensive end that he used to make on the interior of a four three defense. Um, and he's not under contract for next year. Um, and, and they so were he, paying him like $12 million this year. Yeah. But he was, he was a guy that in the past was, you know, the best defensive lineman they had. And so they were paying him accordingly. But when they shifted to this new, new system, he was one of those guys that kind of was left positionless and he's not big enough to be a nose tackle in a three, four, and he's not quick enough to be um, an end in a three, four, he's kind of in the middle. And I think for him personally, it'll, it would be better for him to end up um, playing for a four, three defense again. And uh, having Seattle use that money to go find someone who better fits their scheme. I agree. I do. I like Puna Ford. He's played well. He played well in the four, three. There was no question. We wouldn't mm-hmm. probably be having this conversation unless he's diminished as a player which seems unlikely at his age, uh, unless he was battling injuries that we never heard about. Um, I don't think that he played well enough to give him another contract, at least equivalent to what he was making before. And maybe he wants to find that somewhere in a 4-3 system. I think that, to me, that is a position that you Mm -hmm. could look to upgrade. How about Al Woods? Al Woods played great at the beginning of the year. Um, and then as his playing time increased and he became, um, the starting nose tackle for a while. Um, and then especially when Brian Monet got hurt and, and his playing time increased again, his production just died. Um, and at his age, I mean, he's a guy that should be a rotational player. He needs to be that, um, Mm -hmm. that run stuffer that comes in and in short yarded situations and gets a few snaps here or there to let other guys, rest but he should not be an every down player and uh unfortunately that was the role he got stuck with so uh looking at next year i mean 5.42 million is his cap hit um if they cut him outright they only save 1.75 um uh in terms of cap savings because the rest of it goes to dead money unless and they you'd have use to replace him. him yeah and then you and you can you replace him for 1.75 i don't know um, so I think he sticks around, but I think with he's one of those guys that you look at and you're like, okay, if he's going to be around next year, that's fine. But we still have to upgrade there. He needs to go back to being the rotational piece he was expected to be. I agree. 
I agree. He's a great run stuffing guy, but you're not going to depend on that guy to make penetration uh, into the backfield and, and make plays. And mm-hmm. over time, I think you're right. Our, our depth was such where he just wore down. He was overutilized. We had the same situation with, you know, last year when we were trying to play all of our defensive ends. Um, I can't remember the name of the guy now, but you know, we, he, should have had like a 35% utilization. We were playing him like 75%. Can't remember yeah. the guy's name. Um, and behind that, Miles Adams, um, Jared yeah. Hewitt, Brian Monet. Brian Monet went out uh, injured. I think all of that needs to be evaluated. All of that needs that. to be re- all of that needs to be replaced because yes. um Miles Adams made a couple of plays all season and got w- way more playing time than his uh talent and production indicate it should he's also can not a you, good fit scheme wise. can you think of a game where seattle dominated the line of scrimmage keith um the only one that comes to mind is the giants game the nfl playoff picture is locked in and my go-to place for the wild card round action is DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl to kick off the road to Super Bowl 57. New customers can pay just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wildcard round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action so good, why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Can can you think of a, a game where we didn't get dominated? Where we didn't get, again, the Giants game. Uh- <laughs> so... so <laughs> to me, this is the weak. This is the weakest link, and actually, and, and they're the Arizona games too. Um, when you but, build a yeah. defense, you build it from the inside out. Now it's nice that we've got that Tariq Woolen thing in the back end covered, and we've got a couple other pieces. There's some some pieces. Mm-hmm. Let's just say Daryl Taylor came on. We we decide to stick with him, and surround Uchen. him with better players. Uchenna Nwasu, Boye Mafe, right. Yep. And and maybe Shelby Harris, but again, he's just a piece. He's a he's a role player, and at his number, mm-hmm. they're going to have to really evaluate that. We'll talk about that in a second. Quentin Jefferson, same thing. Uh, Bruce Irvin, L.J. Collier's not coming back. This front seven, Keith, is is so worrisome. And then you add some of the the linebacker issues that we'll we'll talk about as well. It, it, it's to the point where I think you keep you're only keeping like four or five guys and, and you're replacing, you know, four, you know, three or four starters and all of your depth. I mean, it's a real revamp of this position group, I believe. And, and position yeah. group, I mean, defensive tackle, defensive end, linebacker. Yeah. I mean, I look at, at, at all of this and I, I, I agree, but at the same time, I think that, cause what you've got is you've actually got a bunch of pieces that can, can be a part of a really good defense but they're not cornerstone pieces. They're not the ones that their, their um, play is elevated when you have solid core yeah, pieces to the, surround the, them with. Yeah, this isn't these aren't the guys that you base everything else on. These are the guys that you stick in next to those uh those cornerstone pieces and they perform like really well. So what cornerstone pieces do you speak of? Um, they need a interior defensive tackle, nose tackle that can uh, command double teams on every play. Are we um, talking about two different players? Are we talking about two different positions, nose tackle and defensive tackle? And do well, we need there, two players to fill that? There's, or is okay, one so guy in the, a three, the answer? In a 3-4, you've got a nose tackle and you've got two defensive ends. Um, you don't have a defensive tackle. Um, and that's why Shelby Harris is listed as a defensive end. And that's how... Puna Ford played defensive end because you're talking about a three tech defensive end and a five tech defensive end in a three, four system, right? Um, they're, they're interior. All three of them are interior um, defensive linemen. If you want to want to go that route. Um, I think they need a nose tackle that can dominate games. 
And if you have that, Shelby Harris becomes a really nice piece next to them that can make a huge impact. Um, and Puna Ford would have been uh, on the other side, but they didn't have that that nose tackle in the middle. Or if you're not going to have that nose tackle in the middle and you're going to play um, Quentin Jefferson and Al Woods at that nose tackle spot, which is what Seattle did this year, then you've got to have a um, three, four defensive end that can take over a game. Someone like um, uh, Seymour who played for the, the uh, Patriots and then the Raiders was, were just a super dominant, you know, cornerstone piece um, as that like three or five tech defensive end. Um, you got to have, you got to have at least one of those guys out of your front three and they don't have any. That's the problem is that they have, they have a lot of role players, a lot of um, decent players, but no one that makes the guys around them better. So we could, if we could draft Carter and Anderson in the draft, that would be awesome. Well, um, um, Anderson in this defense, I think is going to end up being uh, Daryl Taylor. He's going to be a stand up outside linebacker, not a, three four to you know a three four defensive end because you're looking at a guy that's more of an interior guy uh carter would be perfect because he's a guy that you could stick either um probably at the three and just do, do we still need a nose tackle then a guy that's a space eater double team eater kind of guy it would help um because al woods is a guy that you want to be rotating in for that nose tackle so that way because you know because you Defensive linemen, the, the best defensive linemen play 68% of the snaps, right? Two thirds. Um, you still need someone else to play the other third. And so I still think you need a nose tackle that can eat all that space and and do things and make um, Carter's job easier. But Carter's going to make the nose jobs easier. Um, and they're both going to make the other defensive end, whether that's Shelby Harris or someone else, their job easier. I, I think they need we need two starters on the defensive line. I do too. And I do then, too. And then, you know, you've got... And they're really expensive in free agency. If you're, you, gonna, if you're talking about anchoring yeah. as your best defensive, one of your best defensive players and on your team, those are Quentin expensive. Jefferson and Shelby Harris and Al Woods that can all be nice role players, guys that rotate in. Um, you know, Shelby Harris could be the third starter uh, on that defensive line if, you know, you, you solve the other two. Um, and then the other guys are, are rotational pieces and you'll be fine, but you, you don't have that high end talent. And I think that is overall the, uh, the problem that this front, uh, defensive front had the defensive front. Yes. You'd quantified that right at the end there. And that's the point. However, if you take a look at the defense as a whole too, we're ranked 31st in yards after catch. Uh, we were the, one of the poorest tackling teams in the NFL this year. Uh, mm -hmm. So this thing transcends just the front. This all goes all the way back. I guess if you have top end front front players, some of those tackles never get past the line of scrimmage. Um, so so maybe your back end ends up being a little better. But um, we've got issues beyond just the players we just talked about. Let's talk about linebackers. So linebackers is interesting because it, in this system, it includes the edge players where Seattle actually has um, – the makings of a good defense as far as the edge players, because Nuchino Nuasu was fantastic this year. Uh, Boye Mafe uh, developed over the course of the season, started out pretty good and ended up even better. Um, and Daryl Taylor, who started out terrible and ended up great. Um, like they've yes. got, you know, they're three deep at yes. a position where you need two guys on the field at each time, you know, I mean, and then you've got Alton Robinson who never played this year because he was injured from the very beginning. Um, he's a guy that you could bring in and, um, you know, have him come back and, and you could actually be okay. Now you don't want to walk Smith who they drafted, who went on the, um, on the injured reserve, reserve as well. So yeah. they, so, so in that sense, like they're okay there where they struggle is in the middle. Um, and, you know, Jordan Brooks until he got hurt was like second in the NFL in tackles. Um, and that was despite the fact that he was having guards and centers uh, up in his face, blocking him on every Darryl play. Taylor could be the biggest beneficiary of two new stout starters in, in the middle of that line. That on, the, line. on the defensive line. Yeah. Daryl Taylor is yes. going to eat. Um, and Jordan Brooks is going to eat. Um, 
because of that. Because well, that's what, what I mean. Not Daryl Taylor. I meant Jordan uh, yeah. Brooks. Uh, so Jordan Brooks is one of those guys who can absolutely, um, because he, like I said, he was second in, in the league in tackles at the moment he got hurt. Um, and that was with having to fight through blocks on every play. Um, and so you get, you improve the guys in front of him and all of a sudden he looks more like the foundational piece he looked like a year ago and not, um, yes. you know, just another guy, which is what he kind of looked like at times this year where he was making tackles six, seven yards behind the line of scrimmage. Does, um, um does Cody Barton improve and say, say we improve the the two starting spots, nose tackle and three tech and, um, everyone else kind of plays their part or depth kind of gets improved as well along with that package is a guy like Cody Barton benefit enough from that in order to be a solid piece on a, on a defense where he's surrounded by better players. Um, maybe I don't feel confident enough in Cody Barton to say yes. Uh, but the truth is all the problems that you saw Jordan Brooks having Cody Barton had too. the, the reason why I don't, uh, think of Cody Barton as that guy is a lot of the missed tackles and the tackling problem that this defense had started with him. So he's a guy athletic. He can cover, he can do some of these things, but I don't want him in there as much. And he's not, he's not under back. contract. So the, yeah. the team can elect to move on from him. I, I, I would think that they do. Yeah. Unless they get him back for super cheap, but they get him back as a special team standout, yes. which is what back he's in his in third or fourth middle linebacker role. And he yeah, takes as, over for what what Nick Bellore was for this team. It, it would be an well, upgrade. He would take over for what Tanner Muse currently is, um, and they would and they would bring in someone um, of a more Jordan Brooks quality that would um, step in in his role. Yes, yes. Okay, so let's talk about that for half a second before we move on. Where do they get that, Keith? Where do they find that piece? Is that a free agency piece to you? Somebody with experience, a veteran that can come in. We, we're lacking some veterans on this team, maybe um, in in an important role in the middle of that defense. Or do they find it in the draft? I think they can actually get this one in free agency because there's um, there is a lack of uh, what's the word I'm looking for positional like value um, around the league. There's a lot of good players that just end up moving around because teams don't value, you know, those linebackers as much as they used to. Um, you know, like I, Roquan Smith just signed, he would have been perfect, but he's re-signed with the Ravens. Um, but even then there's guys like Devin Bush and, and Tremaine and, uh, Edmonds and, um, mm -hmm. you know, there, there's all A sorts line, of linebackers experienced in this system would be outstanding to me. Yeah. Um, someone who's, who's played in, um, you know, for, uh, anyone that's part of this coaching tree. Um, and you know, in this three, four, I mean, you, there's a lot of different guys that could come in. Um, yeah. I mean, TJ Edwards from the Eagles is a one that, that, that comes to mind, uh, for me, um, as a guy that could come in and, and be an instant upgrade, both in terms of experience and, and that kind of stuff, but also in terms of talent compared to um, where Cody Barton is. Yeah. So what, what we've just talked about and to open the show is exactly the heart of the issues that the defense has. And we've talked about a lot of players that need upgrade, or at least we could uh, bring in quality depth to have a better roster next year. And, I think and we have they, some ammunition to do that, but we also have the draft too. It should just be yeah. interesting to me because when we talk about strategy, off-season strategy, team building, uh, building, roster evaluation, roster building strategy, um, this is really the crux of it right here is how you solve these problems with the, the money that we've got remaining, the contracts that were expiring or, or, or have, what you do with those and what you do in the draft, because you can only have, and, and this year was kind of an outlier. We had six offensive rookie or six rookies total come in and have significant roles on this team. You can't do that every year. I mean, it, that was very rare. Um, I would expect they, they might be able to get three or four out of 
a draft where you've got five top 100 picks, but to get five or six players out of a draft is just unheard of to come in right away and play at the level that they had. So where do we spend money and where do we draft players? Well, I think that um, you look, like I said, I, I think at, at the, the edge players, um, they've got top end talent and depth. So I, I think you, you want to always add to that, but that's a mid to late round pick. Um, the defensive line becomes really hard to find the kind of quality that you want um, on the free agent market because those guys just cost a lot and they also end up being older and they get hurt a lot when they move on to their new team. Uh, if you're going to spend money, um, you know, Tremaine Ed, uh, Edmonds, who's a linebacker for the Bears, is going to be 25 next year, uh, is an unrestricted free agent and played under Sean Desai in this scheme, um, you know, until last year. So uh, he's a guy that if they could get him and he could be a uh, Nuchena Nuasu's caliber addition to this linebacker core and not have it break the bank to do that. Um, that's the kind of thing that I think where if you're going to spend money, you, you want to do it there and save your high end draft picks for positions that are harder to fill, like, um, you know, defensive line, because they're going to need one. Yeah. I mean, Tremaine would be, be a tremendous get his, his coverage skills are some of the best linebacker coverage skills in the NFL. He had an 88.1 grade and pro football focus. His pass rush isn't great, but they're not asking him to do that. It was he still wouldn't be asked great. To. It was still good. His run defense though, his run defense grade was 56.5, but his overall grade was 79.9. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be an interesting get. I think that he would benefit. He was also playing playing, on a terrible defense. He would. So I was just going to say he would benefit from playing on a better roster. Now Mm -hmm. the the, the Seahawks current roster defense is horrible, but it's not going to be horrible next year because they're going to vastly improve it. The Seahawks current roster on defense and and everything isn't as bad as the bears was. Um, I don't believe like, and so I think that it, it would be, Getting Edmonds in here for Barton would be an upgrade um, if they can do that and draft a defensive tackle that can that can be dominant at times. Um, then it's a made massive upgrade because it upgrades both of the uh, interior linebackers. And that's we haven't even talked about the back end where there's probably the two biggest questions that have to be answered on this defense are. Well, uh, yeah, the safety position for the Seahawks is is crazy and I'm going to read this to you so um the cap number for Jamal Adams is 18.1 million dollars the cap number for Quandre Diggs is 18.1 million dollars we're paying our two starting safeties eight uh 36.2 million dollars combined which is which is the leading the NFL absolutely and for that um the Seahawks got nothing out of the more expensive of those two players by $10,000 um in Jamal Adams and in fact found his replacement on you know the roster because uh Ryan Neal was the better player <laughs> Ryan Neal was named Pro Football Focus's um all pro at strong safety Yes, he is the better player. I keep saying this. People keep rolling their eyes at me. Um, he was, he's the better, he can cover way better than Jamal Adams has ever been able to. He was a tackling machine he there. He did better. everything that um, for one, the one asked quarter him of the price. Yeah. So I think you can bring him back um, and let Jamal Adams go use that, that post June 1st. Um, you can you know, only desi- use it once per, per season per team. Correct. And so you they would have it, to make a well, decision on Quandre Diggs as far as you can they use try it to restructure. As much, you can use it as much as you want, but you can only uh, use it once ahead of time. So like they could, they can designate Jamal Adams as a post June 1st cut in March. They don't get the cap room um, until uh, June 1st, but they can still release him at that time. Um, if they want to use it for anyone else, they have to wait until June 1st to actually do the cutting. Um, Quandre Diggs makes less sense because 
by doing that, even with the post June first designation, he still has fourteen million in dead cap and only four million in savings. So, are you going to be able to replace his production for four million dollars? And unless you're talking about a high draft pick, I don't think that's the case. There was a so point him, in this in this season where I was thinking that they would do this with Quandre Diggs because he just wasn't even coming close to his contract. He's he then picked up six um interceptions and kind of yeah. played better still lacks tackling acumen uh mm-hmm. at least in my book um and that's one of the deficiencies on this defense and so i would like to be able to either upgrade or 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 remain level with his level mm-hmm. of play for for a smaller dollar value but the seahawks didn't do that when they had the opportunity they gave him a contract after that injury um, to remain loyal to that player. And, and they've done this in the past on, on, in their roster. They did it with Jamal Adams, um, right before Diggs, when they yeah. doubled down on that trade where it did not favor the Seahawks and they paid Jamal Adams, which made it even oh, worse. It did. Um, but they, that was part of the trade. Like when they traded for him, it was, we're gonna. It's we're okay giving up what we are gonna give up because we know we're gonna get him for four years because we're gonna we're going to sign him. Um, he just has never lived up to that trade or that contract because he's always been hurt. Uh, but he, this is a guy who was an All Pro at twenty four and twenty five. Um, so the talent is there. Uh, it's just he the way he plays. He doesn't stay healthy. And then, you know, the, the, just the development and emergence of Ryan Neal makes Jamal Adams um, So what expendable. do you expect the Seahawks to do? Do you, do you address the strong safety position in the offseason by releasing Jamal Adams and replacing? You've got Ryan Neal, but you're going to have to fill that. You need to fill the, the backup role, yeah. The backup role or, or a starting role to compete with Ryan Neal. Um, and then the Quandre Diggs free safety situation. Where they've got, um, well, they don't really have any backups. Joey Blount is the is the backup. Josh Jones no. has been on the roster a little bit. Jonathan Abram came in. He's more of a strong safety. Tease Tabor played for a while. There's nothing there. The cupboards mm-hmm. are empty as far as starting caliber players on this roster at safety. Yeah, I think that you know you make sure that um, Ryan Neal comes back and you. You have so many other things to deal with on this defense that you kick this particular can down the road a year. Um, I didn't speak earlier. I, I had the numbers backwards for Quandre Diggs. Is he is um, his contract? If you cut him, I had the number. Yeah, I had the things backwards. Post June first, you have fourteen million in savings and only four million in dead money. Um, and and pre June first, it's um, nine million in dead money and. Uh, or sorry, it's ten million in dead money and eight million in cap savings. So you could, um, you could actually move on from him. You could uh, move more. on from Jamal Adams and Diggs. I just don't know if you can move on from both of them. Well, you're not. You've you've already moved on from from Jamal Adams. You did that a a year ago because he didn't play this year. Yeah, I know, but the team might not view it that way as far as a contract is concerned for next year. Is he more valuable? Know. He could he provide value at that number? No, you, you would save eleven million dollars post June for cap Jamal. savings. You would eat seven. Quandre Diggs, you would um, you would get a cap savings of fourteen million dollars. Eat four mm-hmm. on post June first. I don't think that one of those two players is not either going to be back or is going to be restructured. Do you yeah. try to restructure Jamal Adams? No. Just cut him loose. Just like admit your mistake, cut him loose. Could you be um, wrong? Let him go be someone else's problem. Because you've, be you've stuck you've stuck to this narrative um, for about three months straight now. And I'm just wondering if there's another solution, if there's another way to, so, to build yeah, the roster, if, to have flexibility, cap flexibility, and keep the player. If you bring Jamal Adams back, right? So let's say you do that. Um, he is under contract for, uh, 23, 24 and 25. So you, uh, if you want to, uh, 
kick that this can down the road and, and bring him back. in 2025 is $24 million, by the way. Yeah. Um, and in 2024, it's 23.6. Right. Um, and so his it gets worse, significantly worse every year um, as far as his cap number. So he would have to agree to take a pay cut because if you were just going to restructure and move some of his uh, salary to guaranteed, you know, a uh, signing bonus and kick it down there, all you're going to do is make him uncuttable with an even bigger cap number uh, in, in the future. This is the point, this post June 1st, get out from underneath it. Now, did the Seahawks do that? I don't know. Um, they may decide to hold on to him for one more year, especially if they figure out a way to, you know, they're going to move on from digs and, and hopefully find a, a free safety. Who's a better um, tackler and they move Ryan Neal free safety for a year. I don't know what to do. Uh, and they go, you know, let's run this back one more time because then we don't have to use um, the post June 1st thing in order to get, um, you know, a bunch of cap room. But honestly, if, because if his the number franchise, goes up by so much, they just they should just do it. If the franchise got entangled in some weird Geno Smith contract situation where they were paying him and and had to take a hit in 2023 or franchise tagged him, which would be not great, not a good smart decision by the the franchise. But if they did, they would have to do something with the, with these. But if they don't, it, we still might have be able to generate other flexibility on the on the roster um yeah but i still think from these guys they are they pay their their two top safeties more than anybody else in the league and they didn't get anything from one of them and they got half a good season from the other yeah that's it um you can't do that that's not how you build a winner and pete carroll and john snyder are smart enough to know that and so something will change now I, my personal belief is that Jamal Adams is done because he got outplayed by, by Ryan Neal. Um, it shows that he's expendable um, and that Diggs comes back for one more and then they move on from him. Um, but they could choose to do it the other way around. I, I, but you have to get more out of your safeties. You have to get more out of that cap space, whether it's your safeties or anything, you have to get far more than they got out of that 36 million. And uh, something has to change. You know, it's crazy that we won nine games. We had $55 million of dead cap space in 2022, plus those two contracts alone, and got a half a season out of one player. So you took um, 80, you took $90 million and burned it this season and still got nine wins. Yeah, a lot of that was Russell Wilson. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Russ, so Russell Wilson the, and Jamal Adams. You got so you we know. can say <sighs> safely, excuse the pun, that um, we're going to add to this pile in the uh -huh. off season because we're going to need a little bit of help. I think that we could add two players at safety this off season. Um, I agree. Safety. I don't know if they they like Abram or not. He's you know terrible in coverage, but he can tackle. Maybe he's the backup um, at strong safety. Uh, with Ryan Neal there, Ortiz Tabor or somebody like that. And then um, it seems like th they need a free safety. Now, if the, the plan is what you indicated is that they're going to run this back one more year and then move on from Quandary Diggs. It'd be nice to get a guy in-house now, a young guy in the draft at free safety to be mm -hmm. able to come in and, and take over in 2024. Yeah, if you start looking at, at um, draft projections and and that kind of stuff. And, and I know everyone's early in the process, so guys are going to move around. But in that um, early round two where the, the CX have, what is it, the 35th pick overall, um, there's a couple of, well, the two top free safeties are both sitting there as, as that's about where they're going to go. Um, and so you could take care of defensive line and, and quarterback in round one, get your free safety there in, in round two, um, and really make a major impact for your uh, roster going forward defensively. If, if, if they drafted way. a free safety that high in this draft and Quandre Diggs was on the roster, 
in April, would he be cut after June 1st? I don't think so, because I think what they would do is they would go into the year with um, this the plan of, of going to a lot of three safety looks, which they did a bunch this year. It's been in the past. In the, um, where, did, in, where does Kobe Bryant turn up in this conversation? As the nickel corner. So they still safety. bring three safeties plus Kobe Bryant on the field. It, it's plus the same two corners. Thing, it's the same thing that they did this year. They often had so they'd be Kobe Bryant six in there. Defensive as, backs? No, they play five, but it depends on the situation and the and the play call. Um, sometimes they'll have, have three cornerbacks. Sometimes they'll have three um, safeties, and occasionally on on third and super long, they would go dime and bring in you know uh, the three of each. Like I, um, they did it. They did it this season. You saw. Um, you know, Neil Diggs and either Tabor or um, Abram on the on the field at the same time as the two starters, uh, plus or minus um, Kobe Bryant. They they already went to this system. So uh, if you bring Diggs back and draft a guy, you could still go with it with the idea that if anybody gets hurt, you've already got the person there. You can develop them over. The course of the semester and then cut digs after the season um before the following year and recoup the cap uh, savings then uh, and you've already got your starter sitting there so let's turn the conversation the last part of this conversation over to the corners i <clears throat> i'm a little less confident in this group i think that maybe that you are but maybe you're not um but we we should talk um tariq woolen obviously and oh, then yeah. beyond that to me, there's just a bunch of guys, including Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant came in, played as a rookie, had some great opportunities, but also struggled. And so to me, it's all just kind of a, you know, he's going to be back and he's going to play a role. But Mike Jackson struggled at times. He's a big kind of corner. I like that. But yet he was targeted a lot because nobody was thrown at Woolen and made some mistakes. Artie Burns didn't play at all. Trey Brown came Three back snaps. from injury three quarters of the way through play. the season and didn't really play well when mm -hmm. he was out there. Um, Justin Coleman, I don't even know what he was doing. Uh, that's it. That's the room. And yeah. so to me, there's some upgrades to be had here. There's some upgrades to be had. I actually, um, I've, I, I've thought about this. I've looked at some tape. I like Mike Jackson more than I thought I would um, in that he was targeted a lot because Tariq Woolen was so good that you have to throw at somebody. Um, he tackled really well. He was um, one of the few guys on this team that that actually tackled really well, um, played good in run support, and did fine as a um, as a you know in, in terms of coverage. He will benefit greatly by having the increase in quality on the front end because instead of having to cover mm -hmm. for five seconds, he has to cover for three. That's very true. Absolutely. I mean, no, 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 no question. Think about how good Tariq Woolen will be when he has to only cover for three because um, they, actually, they can actually get pressure on a quarterback regularly. Uh, but basically what you're looking at here is it, if you, you run this back to, um, you know, Seattle in the, the 2013-2014 era um, where they had, you know, the All-Pro on one side and they had guys on the other side that because um, Sherm was good enough on one side and the pass rush was good enough, it didn't matter that Brandon Browner was an average guy. Um, he looked really good. And the same could be said about a whole bunch of different guys that ended up playing. Um, Jeremy Lane. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's a there's whole, bunch, a whole bunch of them. Yeah. They, they just, they rotated guys through there. Um, you've got Tariq Woolen. And if you can create a pass rush by actually having that defensive line, that's, um, you know, competent. Um, Mike Jackson's going to be everything that you need over there. Um, he's going to be like, you don't have to go spend a bunch of money or a high draft pick to get them. I, and I think Kobe Bryant is, ends up fourth on the depth chart behind, um, uh, Trey Brown, because you look at what Brown did as a rookie before his injury and he was an absolute quality player. Now he came back 
two thirds of the way through the season. He didn't actually get a lot of practice time because by the time you come, by the time he came back, most uh, of the the practices aren't true practices. They're more walkthroughs than anything that late in the year. And so it was hard for him to actually get up to speed because he didn't have training camp. It's a new defense. It's a new um, scheme. And he didn't get a lot. It didn't get really any practice time. So I think you're going to see him continue to get the over the off season, um, be so ready to you, come back. Do you think we're going to run He's this group the back then without really any major changes, at least as far as the starters and immediate depth is concerned? I think the top four um, are going to be the same. I think Artie Burns is done. I think Justin Coleman's What's done. What's Mike Jackson's you're gonna... contract situation? He's oh, not under that's a contract. Good but I, I believe he's a um, restricted, or maybe he's unrestricted. Let me. Um, cornerback. Yeah, they'd have to sign him. He's um, unrestricted. Now, he, Mike Jackson is an exclusive rights free agent. Oh, okay. Well, that makes it easy then. Yep. Yeah, I mean it's uh, interesting. But, I, I you're you're probably right in the fact that they have so many other areas of concern, and, and they could run this back. You mentioned the idea of being improved just by virtue of having a pass rush. Now, granted, this team's been after pass rush for a long time and hasn't successfully solved it. This, even if they address it at the top end of the draft, Jalen Carter. Let's say Jalen Carter falls or Anderson comes to the, to the team that still doesn't guarantee that this thing's solved um it, it's a piece but mm-hmm. it, but you know it, it's a rookie situation and so you may you at, or may not have production <clears throat> out of that position i mean you look at the the edge right you've got um between the two starters taylor and and um you also you got 19 sacks you got three more from mafe um, you've got that. What they didn't have was any push up the middle. Um, and which is only going to enhance those outside guys. Yes. And that, so if you, if this is why I'm saying, if they can get a Jalen Carter or just someone who can, um, give some push up the middle, create it. So that way the quarterback can't just step up away from the outside pressure. Um, it, the, the pass rush will get better because they've got, the outside guys they don't have what they don't have is the interior guys and when they fix that they'll have uh the best pass rush they've had since um bennett and Averill were here yeah i still think they're gonna have to find some journeyman um veteran on the on the market at some reduced value say 10 million dollar contract to come in on the interior and and, and affect something there because you're in the draft it, it picking at five unless you move up a little bit you're depending on three quarterbacks being taken in the top five in order for one of those premier defensive players to drop to Seattle, Anderson yep. or Carter. But there's more, there's more defensive talent than just those two. That's very true. And you've got your 20th pick or 19th and, and you can also drop back a little bit and pick up some stuff. You're right. There, there is. And you've got guys on the free agent market, like Ashawn Robinson um, with the Rams, who was a, a space eating nose tackle that helped yes. make. Um, yeah. Guy like that would be perfect in this defense. Yeah. And so if you could go get a guy like that and stick him in there as their starter at nose tackle with a guy like um, uh, Al Woods as his backup, you know, so the rotation where yes. you'd be, you, that would make, that would make the people around uh, them better because now you'd actually have that, you know, space eating nose tackle on every play and you just need to find um you you know you draft a guy that can can get pressure and and do crazy things from the three tech spot and you do those two things and suddenly your defense goes from being terrible to you know pretty damn good because that's where the problem is the pro most of the problem is up front yes yeah wow cool well, it sounds like we've got a, bl- a blueprint now. Um, you know, we, we knew that we've been talking about this all year. We know that this is this situation. We know how to solve it. It's just a matter of, we talked about puzzles, how this puzzle gets uh, fit together by John Schneider and company this off season. We, we've got free agency and we've got the draft. 
and we've got our own players to to improve. Boyamafe, you know, I think it was a crime that Boyamafe didn't get more snaps over Bruce Irvin. Now, I love Bruce Irvin, but come on, we we know this. We're not going to the Super Bowl this year. Let's get Boyamafe some opportunities um, to to get some on field experience. So anyway, yeah. cool. Let's have a great off season. I mean, this is the beginning of the conversation. I think next uh, show we're going to talk about salary cap, how the salary cap dictates what we're going to be able to do uh, with free agency this off season. We'll take the uh, you know beginning the conversation with our own guys, but we'll go outside of the organization to see what we might be able to do as well uh, with that. Have an early conversation about free agency, and then just go from there and uh, build this thing up. So thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, fun, fun show. Uh, you can find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can find me at NWC Hawk. The show is at Hawks Playbook. Find us on your favorite podcast platform. Just search Seahawks Playbook Podcast as well as YouTube. And uh, when you do, hit the subscribe button. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWC Hawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.